Dark, the podcast that talks about the CW's Riverdale at any old time of the day. Right now, it's lunchtime. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are recording this episode over Skype. We're not even looking at each other. I can't see your guys' beautiful faces. But oh, just like on this week's episode of Riverdale, I think by the end, we're all going to come together on a climactic finish. No, that's oh, did that come out those, horribly oh, wrong? What? No, I I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I realized about halfway through that was coming out wrong, and uh, I, it was too late. Yeah. Alex, are you hitting on us? <laughs> Always. Finally, after eleven years, you finally picked up on it. Very exciting. Uh, but this was, as usual, a big episode of Riverdale. We're getting very close to the end of the first season, so we're soon to find out, hopefully, who Jason Blossom's killer was. But first, a lot of stuff went down. Uh, you know, I, I think the past couple of episodes have been breaking up into a very clear A-plot and B-plot, but here it feels like everything is happening, yeah. right? Yeah, there's like a lot of lowercase A-plots. <laughs> how many How many eps are there left? Two. Two eps. Oh, wow. Yeah, two, right. two, two eps or episodes. Yeah, uh, Pete's using TV lingo where they call them eps, and they don't say series, they say servers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. We know TV. Uh, well, where should we start then? I guess we should start at the beginning with Jughead's ridiculous voiceover where he says a lot of people are t- talking about how uh, will Riverdale end up in darkness or is it the good old town that it started with? And I've, I don't, not to hook on this specific moment, but I thought that was ridiculous where he's like, you know, a lot of people are saying. And I was like, dude, you're saying. You were the only person that is saying this. Is anybody else no, talking? No. At the grocery store, like, do you think our city is slipping into darkness? <laughs> well, I mean, after a murder, I would assume, you know, people would be like, yo, this place is crazy, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, we live in New York and murders happen all the time and we're pretty cool with it. That's true, but that's a little different than a small town where it's not like a lot of murders happening all the time. Well, do you think Brooklyn is slipping into darkness? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's still the good old town it always was. Brooklyn, a town with pep. New York, the town with pep. <laughs> we should uh, we should get a sign like that. Actually, is it, doesn't Brooklyn have a sign when you're driving into it that says Brooklyn and then in quotes, forget about it? Yes, uh, they are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Marty Markowitz is the borough president, and I think that was his thing, where and there are a bunch of different ones. It's like, there's like, forget about it. There's like, if you, if you live here, you're almost home. And it's like, <laughs> what? What do these signs even mean? Yeah, there's it's embarrassing. One, there's one For a you, borough that touts itself as a tough-ass borough, it's got some weird shit. Yeah, there's one when you're driving in on the BQE where it says, Brooklyn, don't hit me. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so Riverdale is uh, to it seemed a little ridiculous at the beginning of the episode, but that was actually a topic of a conversation, particularly from Archie's mom talking yeah. about how towards the end of the episode, she doesn't feel like Archie is safe there, even though most of the episode, it seems like she's embracing Riverdale. How did you guys feel that- about the return of Archie's mom and Marley, Molly Ringwald in particular? Well, I, I'm glad you brought up that point because, like, that was really hard for Luke Perry on the stairs to deal with, you know? Uh, Fred Andrews. I mean, yeah, so Luke Perry was coming down the stairs and then Fred had Andrews. to stop on the stairs so that Luke Perry could think about how he's going to deal with this before he continues to go down the stairs. Or he could have turned around and gone back up. We don't know what happened. They just yeah. left him on the stairs like that. I directed a mumblecore film called Luke Perry on the Stairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard great reviews about that, by the way. Yeah. They yeah. sort of ripped me off. They yeah, did. They definitely uh, did. You know, actually, what I had heard, I did an interview with Roberto Agresicasa where he said they started with that moment. They thought, what would it be like if Luke Perry was on the stairs and then worked backwards from there, created the previous 10 episodes, wrote this episode. This is really the climax of the season. Yeah, it's smart. You can tell. It's just so well done. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't even remember what you're talking about, Pete. Yeah, um, me either. <laughs> I just thought it was a weird moment where uh, Molly Wingwald is like, you know what? I think you should move to Chicago with me. And then they cut to Luke Perry on the stairs being like, oh, no. And it was this thing of like, oh, the, these two aren't getting together uh, to kind of rekindle stuff. This is just a part time. I'm in town. Let me just say hi to Ru- uh, Archie, because he drunk dialed dad. Um, you yeah. know, actually, to your point, Pete, I felt like there was this weird thing that I noticed in this episode in speci- specific that it had a lot of CW style dangling ends of scenes. And what I mean by that yeah. is there's kind of this filling time thing that they do, not just on the CW, but a lot of soap opera things where you'll have an extra couple of shots of people just staring at each other very intensely. And that was all over this episode. So, I mean, I think that was what the Luke Perry thing was, was him giving an extra beat of standing on the stairs and thinking about things. And it's weird. It was definitely a weird trend. I don't know if you guys... There was... Yeah, there was a lot of stare downs. Yeah, I feel like it's a just a way to, like, manufacture drama mm-hmm. uh, when they... Because to me, this episode in general felt a little all over the place and unfocused. And so those like pregnant pauses are adding to some adding some drama to it, I think. Yeah. Justin, you've worked on television shows. Is that a a way of padding out the time? Well, I think it's it's more in the edit because it's like, you know, you you overshoot everything. And so Mm -hmm. I think because this episode ended up being the way it is. Yeah. They're just like, well, we have a little bit of extra time in the episode. Let's hang on everybody a little bit. You know, and you're adding another couple minutes to the to the show that they didn't have set for. Yeah, there was one scene. I mean, not to dwell on this too much, but there was one scene, one of the first where Archie is talking to his mom, and the scene ends with Archie going, <laughs> and then his mom goes, <laughs> and it just sort of sat there for a second. It was really weird, but yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, it, uh, the oh. Betty stared on with her mom was pretty epic. Like she's like, I'll push back and just like hung on her face a little bit. And I was like, Oh damn. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, let's rank all of the stare downs. Okay. Let's go. So <laughs> our, I don't remember all of them. Uh, well, just, to, just to finish up talking about, uh, Archie's mom, uh, I think rather than just the stare downs, what did you think of the plot line? What did you think about the return of Mrs. 
Andrews. Well, they set it up to be sort of an epic like return, and then she was barely in the episode, so mm-hmm. I thought that was a little weird. Uh, but I did think the bathroom scene was good. I mean, I thought that was kind of like a classic Mean Girls bathroom scene, but Mom wasn't having it. I thought that was kind of cool. I did like that, too. I like that, um, that Mrs. Andrews isn't jealous of uh, Hermione Lodge. She's yeah, like, hey. I thought that was a cool choice. I was like, oh, here we go. But, yeah, I thought it was cool that she was like, whatever, you can do whatever you want. And I did, like, I mean, it was clear, obviously, we were talking about this in previous episodes about how Riverdale is just these series of uh, generations where there's an Archie who's having sex or hooking up with multiple women. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Mrs. Andrews, uh, Fred Andrews, and Hermione Lodge walk in arm in arm. So I thought that really set that pattern. Yeah, I I had a hard time understanding what her motivation was, you know, other than a plot point, just because I I feel like it would have been clearer if it was Fred was into her and wanted to get back together with her, but she had some other agenda, but I didn't think that was was going on. It just sort of came off as like, yeah, she's happy to be here and she likes him. And we still don't know what exactly what happened in their past. So we don't know how bad the split was. And then, And then later on, when she suddenly says, oh, you got to come back to Chicago with me. This town isn't safe. That also seemed to kind of come out of nowhere and just sort of set her up as a plot point. So whatever is going on with her, I just feel like we need to know a little bit more. Also, yeah. it's not like Chicago is the safest place ever. You know, I was like, yeah. Chicago? Donald Trump. Ask Donald Trump. Yeah. I'm going to send in the army. Mr. Arabuli. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You don't know what oh, I'm talking you about. Went, you went real deep, real fast. <laughs> Classic uh, I thought you were saying that Chicago wasn't safe because there's so much deep dish pizza, and you're so sick from eating so much rich, spicy deep dish pizza. Yeah, I think that's definitely what Donald Trump is talking about. Yeah. yeah. Or he's running. got a real weakness for cheese. He does. And also he's like, oh, got to run those hot dogs through the garden. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do love a hot dog run through the garden, though. Really? Yeah. How much topping is too much on a hot dog? That's my big uh, question. No, there isn't. You There's don't. no ceiling to hot dog toppings? That's right. What are you, crazy? No, I love a loaded hot dog. Mustard and relish is all you need. What? That's ridiculous. Hashtag America. <laughs> no, man. No, man. Uh, are you going to put like, I, a ham, slice of ham on your hot dog? Yeah, why not? Make some choices, Pete. You're talking to a guy who enjoys garbage plates, so, like, don't even... Here's what I say, is there's a difference between a garbage plate and a garbage hot dog, and at a a certain point, a hot dog stops being a hot dog and just starts being a vehicle for other stuff, and that's it. And you got to respect the hot dog. And in a similar way, I feel like uh, Mrs. Andrews needs to respect Fred and Archie more. (laughs) exactly she's putting too much plot point toppings onto the hot dog of her son and ex-husband oh man all right well let's turn uh we we talked about hermione a little bit so let's jump to her next Uh, interestingly i do think the uh the kids are kind of the hot dog here being a vehicle for what's going on with the parents and the stuff with the parents was way more interesting in this episode so uh hermione I feel like her big conflict in the episode, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Hiram may be coming back, and she doesn't know how she feels about that. 
at the same time as she's kind of dealing with her, her feelings, her residual feelings for Fred. So how do you feel? What's going on with Yeah, this was a weird app for her because in the beginning she was all fired up like, Daddy's coming home, we're going to have our family back, it'll be great. And then by the end they're drinking wine, holding hands, being like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah, I do like – I continue to really like Hermione and Veronica's relationship. Uh, They kind of have like the Gilmore Girls – Mom, daughter, but also friends. I'm sorry for bringing up other TV shows. Why do you do this? Because there's reference points for other things. We were just talking about hot dogs. Why could I talk about hot dogs but not other TV shows, Pete? Well, here's the thing. Pete, you got to remember that like Alex sees things through television. You see things through like toppings on a (laughs) summer picnic food. We all have our filters. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I should be more understanding of Alex's filter. Yes, please. <laughs> if we could all filter through each other's filters, then what a world it would be. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Justin, what about you? You were going to say something about Hermione that was not ridiculous? Well, I like <laughs> to think that Hermione and Veronica's relationship is like, oh, I don't know, like um, uh, pinto beans and olives on nachos. <laughs> where the pinto beans are there as a base to uh-huh. support the uh-huh. the. The olives on top. Do you guys really like olives on your nachos? Yeah, sure. Black olives, olives on, on nachos. nachos. Yeah. What? No. All right. Well, we got one other parent I think we should talk about. Actually, there's a couple of other parents we should talk about. But the big thrust of the episode is Alice Cooper is now running the school newspaper, I guess. Yeah. That's she's not weird. even running it. She's just a crack reporter for the school newspaper. Right. Is she? But she's kind of telling Betty and Veronica, Veronica, mind you, who's not working on the school newspaper, what to do and sending them out to stories. Uh, And specifically, she's trying to entrap FP, um, Jughead's Mm -hmm. dad, to find out what he knows about Jason Blossom's murder. Um, How do you feel about her actions in this episode? She's been a little back and forth over the run of the show. She continues to be crazy evil, and it really pisses me off that no one's really addressing this. She's way out of line. Like, what the fuck, man? She's pulling all these strings, doing all this crazy shit, and no one really seems to care. And, like, I was so pissed at Betty for all the stuff that she pulled, and Betty didn't start to lose her shit towards the end. I mean, the thing is, she's very intense, but if you take out the fact that you think she's crazy— like she's just trying to solve this this case. Mm-hmm. So like maybe she's just doing trying to do what she can. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing we know, and this is definitely jumping ahead, but I think the thing we know is that she's wrong, right? She's headed in the wrong direction. Um, at the end of the episode, they end up arresting FP based on evidence, quote 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 unquote evidence that she thinks she's pointed the police towards, and she if- planted the gun. Well, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I think my point is that we know that if FP is arrested two episodes before the end, then FP definitely didn't do it. Uh, And anyway, by the end of the episode, we don't know it. So even if she is trying to pursue this investigation, she's bringing her personal prejudices into it. Yeah. Which you shouldn't do in journalism, I think. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. How is your uh, night class, your journalism night class going, Pete? Uh, it's going. It's hard to stay awake, though. I've been uh, suspicious of Jughead a lot. What? Remember? And all the other episodes we've recorded of this? (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, but he. But in this episode, how can you be suspicious of him? He's the one being taken advantage of all all episode. Yeah, I mean this this episode definitely casts into doubt my theories from mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. but not all the way. I mean, the scene between uh, Jughead and FP at the beginning about the the script, Jughead mm-hmm. script, which is called Untitled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, wait, is it, it's a script or it's a novel, right? A novel, yeah. yeah I yeah. guess a manuscript. Sometimes it's hard to get a title, you know? Well, that's, that's you got to write it and then the title becomes clear to you. Yeah, I just want to point out for our listeners that uh, Justin was using industry slang, which is you call a manuscript, a, a script. Yeah, so that's thank you. Uh, as a script for an app is a manuscript for an episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but, so uh, that scene, I felt a little weird. It felt like FP was saying, hey, Jughead, knock it off. Uh, don't look into this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sort of pins, uh, it made us suspicious of FP. And then but by the end of the episode, it seems too obvious that he would do it after they find the, the gun planted in his uh, toolbox. I, yeah. uh, I, I definitely thought it was hilarious, though, Justin, because you kept doing bits about how the only difference between like a gang member and non-gang member is the shaving, the stubble. <laughs> and like Jughead freaked out because his dad shaved. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, no, it's suspect. Um, I mean, I would say that I, I think you're right, Justin, that maybe this is hindsight, but my impression of the episode is FP actually is trying to be a better father. You know, certainly he has some spotty things that have happened in his past, but all of the scenes with Jughead were great. I really hope it doesn't turn out that he's playing Jughead because I do. I felt for Jughead so much in this episode. It's so heartbreaking, everything that is happening to him. Um, and I want FP to get their family back together, even if it means moving to Toledo. I would also like to meet Jelly Bean Jones because in my head I am picturing a Jelly Bean with long hair, and I don't think that's what she looks well, like. Yeah, no, I've seen that. The preview for next episode, that's what she is. Oh, she's like a sexy jelly bean? No one said what? sexy. Nobody no. said sexy. That was weird, dude. <laughs> well, you know, you're like a jelly bean with like long hair. That's like a sexy jelly bean. Your weird candy fetish <laughs> has to stop. I no. mean, I agree with you. Jelly beans are sexy, but, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look at them. They really? got like those curves. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. oh this got yeah. weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think that like... Obviously, FP is not innocent of everything because he had the jacket before, and I feel like he kind of he definitely had a hand in what's happening. We don't know how much, but yeah, it's it's hard because it's like poor Jughead gets his hopes up about his dad, and just when he starts to get somewhere in an episode, it kind of gets ripped all away from him again. Yeah, uh, it's one, very, you bring up the jacket. It's very strange to me that they that was a big clue in an earlier episode, and then. It's not at all touched upon in this episode. Well, he got. Remember, the other snake came in and they took away all this stuff that he had in the uh, in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it's. The whole thing seems suspect to me. Finding a gun, but not the jacket when the jacket was there. Right. This but the is, gun was planted by well, the mom. You think it's Betty's mom who planted the gun. It just seems weird to me that all these objects are moving. This is a very indecisive series of uh, criminals. If they keep (laughs) moving stuff in and out of this closet that is very (laughs) much connected to this murder. Maybe it's some sort of like Narnia wardrobe type thing where there's a portal on the other side and people keep taking evidence and placing different evidence in uh, in the wardrobe. 
Uh, that's a solid theory, man. Thank you. Uh, well, I, mean, I, I mean, we have speaking of objects being there and being not. I mean, let's talk about the ring. Wait, wait, wait. I want to. I want to talk about uh, the jacket a little bit, just because I agree with Justin on a structural perspective that they set up the jacket in that closet. And I know you're right, Pete, that they did move it out of there. But for them to discover something else there is is a strange kind of thing. And I think it's going to come back, right? I mean, they're going to bring back the fact that FP had the jacket. There's going to be an explanation yeah. for it that we don't expect, that we don't know what it is yet. And it, I don't think at this point, by the end of the episode, that it's that FP or any of the South Side Serpents murdered Jason. Oh, wow. You're excluding all the South Side Serpents? Um, maybe not that guy who got super mad at Archie when he bumped into him at the White Worm, but otherwise, they're all, <laughs> they're all clear. Man, you know, love the White Worm. I love it. I, <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's such a like arch Victorian HP Lovecraft type name for a bar that's supposed to be a biker bar. That's all. Yes. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, so who's, whose gun was that? Was that Grundy's gun? Uh, oh, that's a good wow. thought. That's a that's a good callback. I like that. Yeah, Grundy's I mean, been pulling the strings the whole time. Yeah, that would make Grundy, no sense. Grundy's gun is like uh, is the modern day Chekhov's gun. <laughs> what if? Whoa, this just occurred to me. I'm just going to throw this out to you guys. What if Grundy did in fact have an affair with Jason Blossom while she was teaching him, just like she did with Archie, and in fact kindled an affair with Archie because. Jason was gone and she got jealous because Jason started having an affair with Polly and fell in love with Polly and was going to marry her. And that's why she killed Jason. And in fact was using Archie as a alibi the morning that he was uh, killed. That's insane, man. I don't know. I love, I love it. Love it. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. You know what I think would be most interesting about that, again, from like a structural perspective, is that would bring the season full circle and explain why they had that weird Grundy storyline right at the beginning. So, I don't know. Well, if, that, if there's any water in that theory, I think Grundy will return at the end of the next episode. Mm, that would make Ooh. a lot of sense. Um, Otherwise, it's weird that she's not around. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, there hasn't been a lot that like they've dropped at this point, other than the Grundy plotline. Everything else is built for a while, so it, it would make sense to bring it back. But we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about the ring, Pete. You wanted to talk about the ring? Yeah. So um, it just makes me so upset that like she uh, po- Polly felt like she could sneak around in front of uh, in front of the you know the evil parents and not get caught. Uh, and then when they kind of had the ring, I thought I really liked, there was like a lot of moving pieces as far as like what actually happened to the ring, who had the ring, who doesn't have the ring. Was it flushed? It was, it was very interesting. I thought it was a kind of a fun plot line in the, in the app. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that? Why? So Polly, Cheryl found the ring in, uh, her parents. What would you call that? Secret jewelry room, yeah, yeah, dressing room, rich, I guess. yeah, rich people room. I don't rich know, rich people room, room full of wigs, and we should definitely get back to the wigs and talk about the wigs in a second. So she finds the ring. It's the ring that uh, Polly, that Jason gave to Polly, or mm-hmm. Jason was going to give to Polly, I guess, after they 
escaped from Riverdale, um, and her parents had it back somehow. So she tells them that she's gotten rid of it because she wants to protect the family and doesn't want them to think that they killed Jason or got rid of Jason. But she also doesn't ask how they got it back. So the first thing I think we should talk about is how did they get the ring back from Jason? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I think Polly and Cheryl are, were suspicious that they took it off of his dead body. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think they did? No, I don't think so. I think Jason, uh, they found out that he proposed to uh, Polly, and I think they he was making a run f- for it. I think we're going to learn that he, Jason, wasn't going to actually run away with Polly. What? I think there was a, their romance was doomed from the start. Oh, man. So do you think he ran right back to his parents? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And that's why there's the weak gap between the weak being W E E K, not weak W E A K, just to specify. It's a weak, weak. Yeah, it's a weak, weak weak gap uh, between when he left Cheryl and pretended to drown and when he was shot and killed. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of time there, and I think it it will all factor in. I I think there's a lot of evidence to still, like, there's uh, drugs involved here uh, with, they they were found in Polly's car. Like, there's all Mm -hmm. this stuff that to fill in that weak gap is going to be a lot of information. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, the more we talk about it, there's a lot they have to wrap up in these last two episodes, and it'll be interesting to see how effectively they do it without making it a crazy info dump in the last episode. Now, do you think they could end the season without telling us who killed Jason Blossom? Oh, my God, I hope not. That would be... I I feel like they are not going to tell us. Really? Yeah. I mean, I could see finding out who killed Jason Blossom, but it opens up to a bigger mystery, which would be a good tease for season two. But I really, really hope it's not one of those shows that keeps it going on too long because I feel like it'll try people's patience. Yeah. Uh, I think that when you uh, when a family hires a, uh, has like a killer on retainer like that, after the killer murders the person you want, he gives all the personal effects to the person who paid them. That's why he has they have the ring. Oh, so, so you're saying the Blossoms killed their own son? Yep. Why? Wow. Because he was going to run away with their art family's arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's, uh, well, let's talk about the wigs. I, I don't believe it. Uh, let's talk about the wigs. Why do you think those wigs are there? I mean, they give an explanation, which is that he's got gray hair, so he has to be blossom red, but is there more to it? Those wigs were ridiculous. Like all the different, like feathered styles. I couldn't, that, I laughed out loud when they showed the wigs. That was, that was insane to me. It was pretty weird. Um, I mean, I feel like that scene is meant to implicate Mr. Blossom. Like, what what has he done that caused his hair to turn white? Like, mm-hmm. something terrible. Right. Uh, and he's hiding it uh, with the, the red wig. So I think that adds a little bit of a tick on him being a, a more of a suspect, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say it probably something maple syrup related probably turned his hair white. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, like uh, diabetes of the head. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, I was going to say, if you have your own son murdered, it turns your hair white. 
Mm, that may, mm. might make a lot of sense. Uh, two yeah. things that I'll throw out of the wigs. One, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it lo- I know you made fun of me the last couple of episodes about this, but there was an Archie hair wig was one of the wigs. Like it had, I thought so. Yeah, it had the like distinctive Archie yeah. hair flip to it. You're obsessed with him. You I love am. him. He was just lying there with Jughead with his shirt off for no reason. I don't know. We got to have one scene in episode where KJ Apple takes off his shirt. You guys, yeah. Glad it's you were true. happy they they met your contracted uh, shirtless scene. <laughs> Wait, I'm getting away from the wigs, but I do want to mention something about that scene where their uh, Jughead and Archie are lying in bed and chatting with each other. Is uh, Jughead's hair out of the crown is crazy tall, super tall hair. <laughs> what? It was the first time we've seen him without his hat on, and he had, No, that's like, not true. He's had his hat off before. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what it was, but he had, like, Johnny Bravo hair. I feel like you <laughs> oh, only... nice reference. Nice ref. Thank you. You only ref. relate to people through their hairstyle. All I'm going to say is you guys need to give me some sort of list of what references I'm allowed to make and what references I'm not allowed to make. Okay. Well, it's a really easy... Uh, Teen dramas from the last 15 years, not on Pete's nope. plate. Yeah. <laughs> and the cartoon reference, yes. <laughs> yeah, cartoons from like 25 years ago. Into it. Yeah, and uh, uh, references. Bravo, it's not 25 years old, asshole. I think it is. <laughs> no. Cartoon references and references to Chicago-style topics, good to go. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Uh, wait, uh, the, the, the one theory I had about the wig. Uh, do you think Mr. Blossom is maybe not a blossom? Oh, because he's hair turned gray because he has gray hair. So he's wearing this red hair to make himself still look like a blossom or fit in with the family. What if he's an uh, imposter? Well, but his hair was red, I think, is the implication. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't think he's not a blossom. I think it's going to he's done something terrible and uh he's hiding it by keeping his hair color red yeah uh also can we talk about the milkshake sure i'll drink your milkshake i'll drink it up what uh Uh, what's wrong with having a daily milkshake uh well there's nothing wrong with a daily milkshake but why would you trust the blossoms not to poison it i was like stop drinking the milkshake it was clear by the extra lighting on it that it was fucking poisoned. I mean, come on. Why do you trust uh, Mr. Whipple when he makes your milkshake, Pete? Because he has an establishment that's been open for a long time, so if he poisoned somebody, you know, he wouldn't still be in business. What if he's got a vendetta against you? Well, I mean, who doesn't? But the point is that uh, I just was like, Yelling at the TV for Polly to stop drinking the goddamn milkshakes, and of course she got poisoned. We'll be interested to see when she wakes up how we're going to deal with that. Like she should go running out of that fucking house. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think she is. I also wonder how they kept those milkshakes looking so good. Oh, I was mad at uh, Betty this episode because she, you know, like her mom's constantly keeping secrets and being a liar and then she was doing the same thing the whole episode and it was driving me nuts she talks about how archie you know has to communicate with her and how she wants people not to lie to her and then she was lying left and right to jughead was she lying to him i don't think she was when she her was evil mom is doing these evil things and then her mom's like oh jughead was really into it you don't want to be a 
dick and ruin this for Jughead, do you? Yeah, you need to tell Jughead that Moms has a secret evil plot going on, and that's why we're having this fake dinner. I guess the hot dog doesn't fall very far from the hot dog machine. <laughs> machine? Uh, cart, yeah. maybe? No, hot dogs are made by machines. Yeah, evil, disgusting machines. No, I guess that's true. Yeah. You think they the hot dogs are made in the cart before they're handed to you? <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little guy sitting in the cart being like, okay, He's... time to make the hot dogs. What a New York kid you are. Hey, forget <laughs> about it. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, there was a little bit of a mystery that the in this episode about the Coopers um, that they had some fight. What were they fighting about? What oh, yeah, mean? that was brought up. There yeah, was a, brought that up. What's that? Yeah, it was kind of a weird thing to bring up and then not address, though. Yeah, it was something that the uh, I was I think it was at the dance or no, it was at the dinner. Uh, yeah, the snake brought it up. Yeah, about um, FP FP uh, a fight that uh, the Coopers had years ago, like as if it was like a big mm. deal, and then we never. It was you just said like life a one or sense. death. Yeah, yeah. I- I do wonder about a lot of that stuff at this point, again, us being two episodes before the end, whether the writers are kind of just dropping this stuff in because they have a huge history of Riverdale. I'm sure they have a Bible for the show, and I'm sure they have extensive character biographies for everybody. So I wonder if they haven't sketched out this long history of Riverdale and the parents and everything that's happened. And some of the stuff isn't necessarily going to... Uh, feed into the central mystery, but there are little teases and details that they can drop into conversations like that so that they can have payoff dividends in season two, potentially and beyond. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that, that could be, uh, that could be possible, but uh, such a long con to play uh, to be dropping that in now as a one sense throwaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know without, we've talked a lot about how there should be a flashback episode Without having a flashback episode and showing all of this stuff happening or multiple flashback episodes, again, I feel like in the last episode, it's just going to lead to 45 minutes of people being like, all right, really quick, here's a history lesson of Riverdale and how it led to the murder of Jason Blossom. Yeah, this was definitely our opportunity for a flashback episode and we didn't Mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Well, we still have we still have the 75th anniversary of Riverdale coming up. This was just homecoming. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like there's still a place for it, but we'll see we'll see what happens. Well, the next episode is called Anatomy of a Murder. Mm-hmm. So that's usually where they tell you stuff about the murder. <laughs> right. So do you think <laughs> do you think we're going to find out who killed Jason Blossom next episode instead of the episode after? I mean, you pull a classic Game of Thrones style season end where the Mm. big episode happens before the last episode. Right. Uh, But but no, I I feel like um, we're going to set up a lot of stuff. We're going to learn a lot about the the details of the murder. But um, I feel like the killer will be revealed in the final episode. Yeah. Um, Probably one other thing to talk about before we start to wrap up, though, is Veronica and Archie. Their relationship went through a lot of stuff this episode. How would you guys feel about it? Yeah, Veronica being very cold to Archie, um, and then it was weird because then they were like back in love when they were singing on stage, and uh, you know, I, you kind of feel for Archie on this. Well, yeah, it was a little weird that she said she didn't have the bandwidth for Archie right now. Yeah, which is <laughs> not a cool answer. Yeah, that's a very businessy answer. That's like yeah. her being like, "Let's loop back in a little while, set up some time on the calendar to talk about this." Yeah, so not cool. But then they had a bunch of their – they did some sleuthing in their formal wear. 
together. Um, the scene, uh, the scene, their song was great. They felt they looked very much in love during that. Yeah, yeah, and but they, that's fake stage love. Sure. Also, they're actors playing parts and not the real people. But you know, I think, whoa, whoa, what? This is this is not actually a documentary. Did you know that, Pete? Uh, fuck this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. All right, before we wrap up, though, with our, our last couple of things, uh, anything else you guys wanted to point out about the episode? Uh, the end of the episode where we see um, Betty right. uh, watching Archie and Veronica come into the dance, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that they were out, uh, but sort of betraying her, betraying Jughead. To me, that was the real the moment where. Betty versus Veronica starts. Mm. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I like the way that was shot where like Betty couldn't hear what was happening in front of her and her eyes were just focused on uh, the action of everybody talking. I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. She, uh, those scenes towards the end with the kids were great. The scenes in the hallway and all of the stuff, like I said earlier with Jughead, I thought was really good and really emotional. Um, I got, I think Cole Sprouse did an incredible job of actually making it heartbreaking for Jughead that everybody he loves is betraying him. Uh, and in that moment he became president. (laughs) What? That's true. Yeah. Uh, we should, we, Yes, we should talk about uh, – we, we kind of skipped over this. We touched on it a bit, but who put the gun in the closet? Who do you guys think? I have some suspicions. I was actually trying to work this through in my head before I went to sleep last night, but I wanna, I'm curious to hear from you guys. Ooh. I think it was – it's clearly Betty's mom. She knew when they were going to be there, texted them to get out because mm-hmm. – uh, they were, uh, you know, they were coming from the dinner. So she had that window where she, you know, uh, paid a snake to plan it or whatever. I mean, that's it, that's definitely a possibility. She had all the information, and she does seem to want to solve this murder, uh, no matter what, how it does, how she can. So she's willing to bend the law to mm-hmm. to get to pin it on who she thinks did it, so or who she wants. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the the two clues that I'd throw out, uh, one Archie very casually mentions to Veronica when they break into FP's place that the key to the uh, trailer is in the same, same place it was when they were kids. So Mm -hmm. we know that if somebody got in through the key, that it has to be somebody that would know that key was there, right? I feel like that wasn't an idle mention that Archie had. I think that was a clue to it needs to be somebody either who was one of the kids like Archie and Jughead or somebody who knew FP back then. Um, I would throw out anybody who was at the dinner just because of timing. So in my mind, that rules out Betty Cooper. It rules out Mr. Cooper. It rules out Alice Cooper, uh, certainly FP and Jughead, uh, anybody who was there. And also Archie and Veronica didn't place it there necessarily um, because... Oh, they they could have, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could have. But it definitely feels like just based on their actions that... Well, who was checking the closet last? It wasn't Archie, right? It was Veronica. It was Archie. It was Archie? Yeah, because Archie came running in from the other room to give his monologue. 
And didn't he even say like, I already looked in there or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So that, that yeah. was a little weird. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, I, I would That'd be, be a fun twist if Archie's the murderer. It would. I mean, that would be kind of crazy. And I, I don't know that he's this mastermind that's been playing everybody the entire time. <laughs> yeah, man. He's the well, Kaiser Sose of this show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but well, what do you think? I mean, do we want to go with our Grundy theory or is it somebody uh, else placed it there? I mean, we could have a, it could be one of the blossoms. Mm-hmm. Who else do we have on the table? The blossoms. Yeah. I mean, they're super evil. Yeah. It does seem like there's a scene of Mrs. Blossom, like crying. Like she seems like she is genuinely distraught about mm-hmm. no, her son's death. That woman does. Cannot believe her at all. Well, she was just crying in front of her husband. So I don't yeah, but who cares? She poisons milkshakes, man. You can't believe anything she does. It was an all-natural sedative, Pete. Bullshit. How does she have access to that kind of poison? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's derived from the precious maple syrup. I have, a, oh. I have an insane theory to throw out at you guys, right? This, and this mm-hmm. I don't even believe. But I'm just kind of enamored about this Grundy idea right now. So Grundy and FP never met each other in the series. What if Grundy is somehow in disguise? This doesn't make sense. Jughead's mom. That would be very strange. Right. Well, she, I mean, she told the story about uh, running away because there was a man who was abusing her and uh, treating her badly, but she never said his name or anything like that. And we know that back in the day, FP was crazy drunk and abusive. And we know that Jughead's mom and daughter have left. So what if there was some sort of weird, bizarre revenge plot where Grundy is coming back and taking revenge for whatever thing? So when Jughead saw Archie making out with who you're calling his mom, Uh he'd be like, (laughs) oh, man, that makes me a little angry, but I'm cool. (laughs) What if, wait, I'll throw another thing out of you. What if Grundy is Jellybean? Uh, Because we know that Jughead and FP haven't seen Jellybean in a really long time. So it's Jellybean all grown up. That's insane. Hey, hey, write stuff down and put it in an envelope so that we can keep track of it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The last last episode, we opened up envelopes and see who was right. Yeah, or we could listen back to our podcasts, I guess. Uh, No, 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 not do that. Foo-fangled way. Sure. All right. The only thing with the the Grundy theory there is Grundy was with Archie when the gunshot happened. Well, we found out the gunshot was Dilton Doily, right? Yeah. Right. Everybody knows it's Dilton Doily. Right. Well, yeah. the gunshot was with Dilton Doily. Jason wasn't shot until a week later. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This theory doesn't work, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. So let's just uh, get into who killed Jason Blossom. Who do you guys think? What's your theory of this episode? Uh, I'll stick with my crazy gun- Grundy theory that I don't even necessarily believe just because it's fun. Pete, what about you? I'm still uh, going with uh, it's um, it's Betty's mom, uh, but it also could be uh, the Blossom mom as well. So not Cheryl anymore. Oh well, and Cheryl. Okay, I got three going. I got three going. (laughs) You think it's all three of them? No, it could be any one of those three. I'm still working out exactly which one. Mm. All right. Well, take your time. We only have two more episodes. Uh, Justin, what about you? I mean, I'm having a hard time letting go of my Jughead theory. Come on, dude. 
Also, killed. where do you guys think Jughead went at the end of the episode? No one can find him. Um, He's going to confess to killing Jason Blossom. No, probably going back to the drive-in or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought uh, he would be at the drive-in. I feel like... Or down by the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jughead is the only one of the kids who feels like he hasn't... We don't. We haven't gotten his point of view about the murder. I guess I need to read his manuscript. Yeah, uh, but maybe <laughs> sure. he killed Jason Blossom to have an end to his story. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you've been saying all along, right? Which I do like the idea of that, but it's feeling more and more, particularly with Jughead and also with Archie, that there'd have to be this crazy character redefining twist for it to be either of them, um, and it's just starting to make less sense to me. I agree with you. The only problem is now what other characters are suspect? Like mm-hmm. Grundy, I think is a good suspicious character because of, but she's been out of the show for so long. Right. So it, it's like now there's no, there are no real, there are a couple obviously suspicious characters like the right. Blossom, like yeah. the Coopers. Yes. But, but there aren't, it's not going to be a twist. I feel like there's, we're headed for a twist here. You think we're headed for a twist versus I think it's they've been so carefully laying out these clues that it's going to be really disappointing if it's something that comes out of nowhere and makes no sense. It I'm hoping it's a really good mystery. And with any good mystery, the solution is in front of you the entire time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think to your point, yeah, there's definitely people we're checking off as we go. I think this episode put an end to my Hiram theory just because people are pointing suspicion in his direction so clearly uh, that it, it kind of yeah. writes him off. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think don't know. you're right, Alex. I think it's going to be a Scooby-Doo ending where it was right there the whole time. And if it, it, was was for those, if it wasn't for those damn kids, yeah. you know. Well, like, well, it wait. has to be one of the adults, right? I think it has to, it can't be one of the kids. It has to be one of the adults. Um, it could be, I think the Blossoms and the Coopers are a good possibility just because everybody has single parents on the show except for Betty and Cheryl. So taking away one of those parents and throwing them in jail would follow the pattern of the show, maybe? Interesting. I mean, I just think it's too obvious for it to be those, those people. Why sure. is that too obvious? Because uh, Alice Cooper has acted like a crazy person since the first episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me takes her off the table. Well, what about Mr. Cooper? Yeah. Mr. Cooper has been absent, and he does – I just feel like in the first half of the season, there was so much suspicion thrown his way. And sure, we, I guess we've, we've lost it now, but, uh, but I don't know. It, it seems a little too easy for me to, for it to be this, like, the brooding man who is obsessed with his daughter. That's such a cliché. Uh, let me throw this out. It's a cliche, though. There's a reason there is that cliche. And before we move on, I just want to say that if he did kill Jason Blossom and gets arrested for it and given the death penalty, we could have like a fun riff on hanging with Mr. Cooper, but we'll agree (laughs) where he's hanged. Cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. You think in Riverdale they still hang? (laughs) Yeah, they do. I don't know. They're obsessed with maple syrup. It's a weird town. That's the town with Pep. Let me throw this out there. Perhaps the one character that no one is talking about. Um, that may be involved in this, Fred Andrews. I what? so getting back to the key thing. Oh wait, are you talking about Luke Perry? 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, fuck you. You think Luke Perry did it? Yeah. How dare you, man? Come on. That's a ridiculous statement. Well, hold on. Let's talk through this for a second because, again, there's Archie's statement of the key has been in FP's rock since they were kids. Fred certainly has his whereabouts. Wait, does he have it? Yeah, he has his whereabouts unaccounted for directly at that point, though then he's going with Mrs. Andrews and Hermione to homecoming. So potentially he could have placed the gun there, but why would he have killed Jason Blossom? Yeah. I don't know, but it is weird. Fred Andrews, Luke Perry is one of the leads of the show. He doesn't do hardly anything in any episode. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a dad. I mean, he's got a lot going on. You know, he's got a company that like sometimes is running, sometimes isn't. You know, I mean, it's a constant yeah. struggle. I just feel like that would be to the same point as Jughead and Archie. It would be a twist, but it would uh, be a come out of nowhere twist where suddenly he's an insane madman who. Well, then we would know why him. Molly Ringwald left. She left because he's the murderer. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than telling anybody, she was like, I'm moving to Chicago. Yeah. Where it's safe. And then seemed pretty chill with him when they were hanging around the house. Exactly. All right. I don't know. I don't buy it. Uh, okay. Betty or Veronica this episode? Justin, Betty or Veronica? Uh, Veronica. Uh, love all day, every day. <laughs> uh, she uh, she's loves a good case. She loves to sleuth around. Didn't love even the after she gave Archie the cold shoulder. You still, you're still okay with that. Well, here's the thing: Archie's boring. Oh, <laughs> I don't have the bandwidth for Archie either. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete. What about you, Betty? All day, every day. Huh? Uh, uh, even though she lied and made me very mad this episode, we got a little bit of the rage at the end. She was like, "I will push back." And that's her saying, listen, mom, if you can murder people, I can murder people, too. Mm. I'm going to go with Veronica this episode just because Betty was making some really bad moves, some very un-Betty-like moves in terms of supporting her mom and obfuscating the truth with Jughead. While Veronica, some stuff aside, was pretty much on the up and up or telling folks things. How can you say she was on the up and up? She was running around behind people's back. But she was doing it for the right reasons. I think Betty was doing her stuff for the wrong reasons, uh, while Veronica was trying to find out the truth about FP and find out the truth about her dad so that everything could be out in the open. What about the onstage fake romance? That didn't bother you at all either? I thought it was real and it was as sexy as a jelly bean. Oh, man. Cool, man. So pretty cool. All right, great quote. Yeah, great quote. Uh, guys, if I die after this podcast, please put that on my tombstone. Well, Sexy Pete, and jelly bean. I, Pete and I are co-delivering your, your eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. I'm really, I'm really, I, I, we, all, we all made that deal that the other <laughs> two would give the eulogy for the one that died. Yeah. You guys, let's meet back here in 10 years and give each other's eulogies. All right. Yeah.
Let's do it. A couple of things before we go. If you would like to support this show and the other show shows that we do, uh, patreon.com slash comic book club. We've got a bunch of fun prizes and even a couple of bucks helps us out doing these podcasts. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night in New York called Comic Book Club. That's also a podcast on the Nerdist Network, so please check that out. Pete, what else should we plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for all of our podcasts and way more real cool stuff because it's a cool website. Justin, anything you want to say before we go? Maybe Jason just killed himself. 